Friends with beer? This is our happy little go lucky tune. <laughs> Peter doesn't like it. He's shaking it's the his fist. Weirdest. You're shaking weirdest your face. Opening. That was the weirdest opening theme we ever had, Adam. You don't like ukuleles? No, I played that last time. Last time we recorded together, I played that exact same one. Yeah, it was weird then too. But you just said it was the weirdest one we've ever had. So you're it saying that it's even weirder twice in a row. now. No, you're saying it's weirder now than it was last it time. It is definitely weirder now because there are three of us and normally there are two. Okay. So what you're saying is when it's you and me, you don't care. But when real friends are present, you get embarrassed. <laughs> yes. It's more than just tens of listeners. Now we're talking like professional podcasting. <laughs> Adam, the co-host of your professional podcast is with you now. And now you feel sheepish about your extracurricular activities. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever. Adam needs to know the truth about you, Peter. It's time. So. I think Adam knows the truth about me. <laughs> So, dear listener, if you're listening to this train wreck of a podcast, <laughs> you, you might have wondered, like, did I just stumble into the Blurring the Lines podcast again? No, no, you didn't. But, you know, after you've drunk enough beers with your friends, then maybe things start to get a little blurry, just like this podcast. So when you say train wreck of a podcast, don't just send up review titles for people to put into Apple Podcasts, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> train wreck of a podcast i thought that was the episode title it's gonna be now <laughs> you know we have to beat them to the punch get out in front this is a train wreck and they're like this is a wait yeah speaking of beating things to the punch let's hold up our punches let's all go around and talk about what we're gonna drink here you first scott no wait wait guests first you first adam right adam first he's already Jeez. getting ready look at that okay so today i have tennessee brew works Local Nashville brewery, Walk the Lime Wheat Ale. That guy looks serious. Hold that up again. So it is a uh, very fun summer ale. So if you've ever drank a Bud Light Lime and you wished it were better. <laughs> you wished it was good. <laughs> you wished it was good. <laughs> then this is it because it's Wait. a very uh, tasty, refreshing <laughs> wheat ale. And I don't have a headache after the second beer. So I think what I just heard was, if you've ever drank a Bud Light Lime, you wished it was better. You wished it was good. <laughs> then this is your beer. Oh, and then wow. I put it in my UT koozie so that it stays refreshingly cold. Nice. Crisp. How about you, Scott? I have a different one this time. Where's my camera? I have a, what is the name of this brewery? Oh, my God. I'm failing. Oh, my God. What? Groundbreaker <laughs> Brewing. And it's called Olali, and it's a blackberry and rosehip ale, and it's gluten-free. It's a very fruity drink, and I wouldn't drink this all the time, but I do like these. These are good. It's really quite good. It's better than a lot of the lager-type drinks I've had, for example. I would rather reach for this than a standard generic lager, for example. And where is this brewery? Oh, why you ask such questions? I don't know. Portlandish, Portland. Okay, so it's but it's local. So you're also yeah. drinking a local beer. I yes, yes, yes. Am yes. as well drinking an uh, a local beer. Today I have Thresh, a New England pale lager from Fox Farm Brewery and Trillium Brewing Company, which is down in Canton. So all of these are local. We're all drinking local beers, and this was a gift. A friend of mine went to a work conference 
and they were required, they were at Trillium Brewing, and they were required to spend $3,000, and they didn't. Oh so my they God. made up for all that by buying cases of beer and taking them home. Look at the color nice. on that. Yeah, that is, that is a pretty brew. I have to go wash my hand now, though, because <laughs> when I opened it, I got doused. <laughs> well, you go do that, and Adam and I will talk as if uh, this, you were never here. Most people normally do. Without looking it up on Google, what are rose hips? I imagine the rose hips are the like rounded part of the rose because hips are round. But what is a rose hip? I think that's what they are. You know, it's like you, you t- it's definitely from the rose. I don't know if, is it the same as the rose petal? I don't, I don't know, but it's a part of the rose. Yeah, which would be the rose petal, but the outside of the plant. Yeah. Hips. Well, Google has the answer. Google does I, have the answer. We, we guessed. Let's find out what the answer well, is. What am I, a botanist? I mean, come on. <laughs> So, what is you know, a rose hip? So I don't know if you noticed, though. I said this is a New England pale lager, but I actually like it. It's not an IPA. It's not an AP. It's like an, an N-E-P-L, a nepple. Uh, uh, did you nepple. say? Careful, 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 careful. Don't be sucking on a nipple in here, Peter. It's a oh. nipple. Oh, okay. I haven't even had anything to drink yet. So anyway, yeah, I'm drinking this. I had a couple of these, though, the other night, and they were pretty good. I'm going to be sucking down a nipple. It's actually pretty good. It's not super hoppy, not super bitter, bitter, and it is a lager. So, yeah. Nice. Very good. Okay. So, it it is not what you or I thought it was, and I still am not clear. I don't know what it is. It's not what we thought it was, but it's not. I still don't know what it is. So, Peter's obsessed with nipples. You're obsessed with hips. Let's see. What is a rose yeah, hip? I want to know what a rose hip is. It's some uh, kind of plant, but. I thought it was part of a rose but it is not, or also a rose, well, Wikipedia, so it must be true. Rose hip, rose hip, or rose haw, or rose hep, excess fruit. It's a, yeah, it's part of a rose plant, but it's not the part of the rose plant that anybody ever looks at. So it's an accessory fruit of various species of the rose plant. It's typically red to orange, changes from purple to black in some species. Rose hips begin to form after pollination or the flowers in the spring and early summer. Huh. How are you doing with your nipple over there, Peter? It's yummy. It looks like uh, a fruit. I mean, kind of like a uh, elderberry or something. So yeah, this is a very fruity tasting drink, but I'm okay with that. It's not too sweet. You wouldn't want to down a gallon of this stuff at once. I imagine this boosts the blood sugar quite a bit. <laughs> Do we have a toast? Mm. Absolutely. To friends with beer. Friends with beer. Salute. <laughs> Health, wealth, family, and a time to enjoy it. I like that. I'm semi-healthy, and I'm pretty healthy. Actually, I'm way more healthy than I was last time I talked to Peter. And <laughs> wealthy, not doing too good on that front. My daughter's going to be really disappointed when she goes to college and figures out that she can attend approximately the first quarter of the first quarter (laughs) before she has to turn around and come home. Great. It'll actually take them a whole nother quarter of a quarter to find out you haven't paid. So she'll get a half a semester in. (laughs) Brilliant. What more does she need? She's got a point. It does take them a while to catch on. Education tends to move pretty slowly. You're going to have to give that education back. You didn't pay for that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Give us your brain. Yeah. Just, I, yeah, that, I, 
I just wrote a dystopian novel there. They come back after the brain. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what are we talking about today? Well, you... Oh, my God. You just led us right back into another nipple thing. Peter wanted to talk about Janet Jackson. (laughs) That was not the song that this was about. (laughs) This isn't about a wardrobe malfunction. This is about a computer malfunction. This was. Yeah. So I think it was Microsoft today uh, announced a a CVE for... (laughs) Janet Jackson's song Rhythm Nation (laughs) because some Uh researchers found out that if you play the song on one laptop in close proximity to another laptop running a magnetic hard drive spinning at 5400 RPMs it can cause that machine to crash. This seems like a very niche use case may I say. Yeah but Dude, you can crash a computer by playing a music song or a video. Can I just throw it out there that if somebody is still using a laptop with a 5,400 RPM hard drive, it's probably crashing itself already and or they deserve for it to be crashing. (laughs) I'm not saying you're wrong. (laughs) So how did DJs play Janet Jackson through the 90s? Because they were on 5,400. I mean, they had to be crashing. Were they laptops? I mean, no, back in the 90s, they were playing it off CD. They probably only had one laptop. They weren't yeah. putting their laptops they didn't have another one to, mm-hmm. to mess with. Or they were separated by a giant mixer or something. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. I thought that was pretty funny. The Rhythm Nation bug. That's what I called it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the register was really snarky about it. They said no one listens to Janet Jackson anymore. And they were. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I have some friends that listen to some pretty weird stuff. Spotify would probably disagree with that. And now they can be completely quantified. (laughs) Exactly. Today, again. Yeah. How many times has Rhythm Nation played throughout the United States? We don't know. Yes, we do know. (laughs) (laughs) No, when you say you don't know, you mean I didn't look. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't look. You That's that's it. (laughs) Are you guys saying there's a... Uh, Spotify control panel now that shows you these kind of statistics? No, but I'm sure Spotify has that info. Yeah, I'm sure Spotify does. I would hope so. And then Google does too, if Spotify has it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm sure everybody knows. Everyone except us, the ones who are actually, you know, curious. (laughs) So do you have any links on that? You don't have the link for that article. It's not in the show notes. Well, I didn't put anything in the show notes. I have the show notes. Put it in there. Don't put it in the chat. I will. I said I'm going to do that. Don't fail me. Don't don't tase me, bro. <sighs> you need to be tased, mister. You need to be tased with some, some marijuana or something. So you're like, oh my god, I gotta lie down and relax. I think I told you the story. I've only had marijuana once in my life. And I also had been drinking way too much beer at the time. It didn't make me calm. It didn't make me want to lie down. I did dangerous things. I'm actually lucky I made it a, thanks to some people that were reeling me back in off the trunk of the moving car etc cetera, etc cetera. i'm, I'm kind of lucky i'm still alive honestly i don't recommend it i never recommended it anyway why i did it is beyond me but anyway i don't, I don't recommend it in general don't do did it. it make you paranoid no i wasn't paranoid if i was paranoid i wouldn't have done the things i did i needed to be paranoid so for me, my experience with marijuana was up until last week limited to one time. 
It was secondhand. I was sitting in a car with a guy who pulled out a little pipe and lit up and woo, that stuff was strong. Was he in the driver's seat? He was. The car was not moving. Thank <laughs> All right. So there was okay. that time. I also dated a girl a few years ago who smoked a lot. I never partook, but you know, there was some secondhand stuff, but I never felt anything there. That seems like a deal breaker. Although the other night I was having uh, a couple of beers. It was this exact same New England Thresh beer. Mm. And I was drinking it out of a can. And I had finished one of them. And I set it down. And I was working on the second. And I set it down. At some point, I turned back and I reached. And I grabbed the wrong can, which had a little bit of something in it. And I took a swig and realized that my friend, who had been smoking a joint, had oh, taken no. it and dropped it into the can <laughs> out of which i took a swig peter if you want ingestibles there's brownies for that you don't have to i know but you know what i prefer it this way because now i still don't have any desire to go back and experiment with this yeah well so my brother-in-law i mean i smoked a little bit in college and I, it wasn't my thing i don't like doing anything that makes my brain function less yeah i mean i know yeah, that exactly. Exactly. i know that alcohol is a depressant but i don't feel dumber after having drank a beer <laughs> so sometimes smoking pot i'm like i don't have any ideas like i don't want anything that doesn't that does that to me so i kind of forgot the point of that <laughs> no that that is a good point in and of itself <laughs> Oh, I know. So my brother-in-law and I were in South Carolina and we got a rental car and we open the trunk and it smells like a skunk. I'm like, oh man, this car has been skunked. Like we're going to have to take it back. And then we get in the car and it wasn't skunk. It was pot. <laughs> the people who had been in it before and it was, it was so nauseous inducing. It's like, we need to take this back. He didn't take it back. I was like, did you at least tell them that it wasn't you that smoked pot in this car, that it stunk like that ahead of time? No, no I didn't. I'm like, well, if you get a cleaning fee, that's on you, bro. <laughs> I, I guess what I'm wondering is how they failed to notice that when, when the other person returned it. I think they must not have cared. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Some lazy kid. Yep. So I got a question for you guys. Hmm. How's your cholesterol level? Fine. Uh... <laughs> Mine is only, I mean, and it's genetic. Mine has been on the border of high for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's my fault if I'm doing a lot of high cholesterol burgers or steak, you know, lots of steak, yep. lots of roast beef. Generally speaking, I tend towards turkey and chicken yep. and keep my cholesterol there. But I'm sure I'm on the right at the border of like, eh, maybe you need a Lipitor, but I'm not like, if if the number is 100, I'd be like 101, 102, not yeah. like 187, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, for me, the border is 130, and I usually would be like in the 130s. And this time, like, so last, what, in May or so it was, te it was tested, and I was around 130. And last year around this time, it was high. It was around in the 160s. And yesterday, it was also in the 160s. Wow, it's because you're so fat, Peter. Yeah, you gotta. I know. You gotta get some exercise. You haven't been running enough. <laughs> I, if you tell me about it. So uh, I'm actually watching my cholesterol now for the first time. Like I'm actually paying attention to it, 
And one of the ways I'm doing it, Scott, at your recommendation, I did recently, as we have discussed, I switched from my fitness pal to Food Noms. Oh, no, no, I have to put another link in. And, <laughs> yep, Food Noms. And I am using the Apple Watch widget to track my cholesterol intake for the day. One thing I did do is I opened up my Apple Health app and I said, what is my dietary cholesterol average for the last year? And my intake, uh, according to Apple, is about 450 milligrams per day. Food noms, based on the goals that I set, and I did not talk about cholesterol. I didn't look at it. So I'm, I'm assuming it's using a default for a guy my age, weight, etc., said that my goal should be more along the lines of 300 milligrams per day. I've been going over by about 50% oh. per day on average. So I am now making a conscious decision to change that. I am about to cancel my Walden local meat share delivery because it looks like I can't just get chicken from them. It looks like I have to get like chicken and beef or beef and pork or chicken and pork or something. I thought you were going to say you were going to cancel your cholesterol of the week club. <laughs> I did. Oh, I did just okay. say that. Now, are you not listening? <laughs> That's exactly what I said. <laughs> oh, but I have been eating, you know, not, it doesn't feel like as much recently, but I definitely know, you know, like I've, I've been eating a lot of steaks, a lot of burgers and, you know, like the day before this test hot wings not as much hot wings but the day before this test um my running buddy and i were at a barbecue place and you know i had a thing of burnt ends and stuff so i was like all right maybe it's time to rain this down i can control it i've definitely gone through phases where it has been lower it's always been a little high but it hasn't been like 30 percent too high peter just because you can walk into the restroom at the restaurant and pull your shirt up and see those chiseled abs doesn't mean that you have to go back out and eat every burger in sight <laughs> yeah but you see in my twisted mind it kind of does I know. exactly <laughs> yeah. oh i would too believe me i'd be going i deserve a reward for this exactly and that's why i can't see my chiseled abs anymore boom <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. Burgers aren't a temptation for me. Steak is a temptation. You haven't had the right burger. <laughs> well, no, I like them. I like, like it them. can't be. I, mean, like I have a friend that eats fast food burgers, and I consider those to be a total waste of calories. But a good custom-made oh, yeah. burger at a nice restaurant where they make their own and, you know, that kind of stuff. They There can be some pretty good burgers out there. But, yeah, even with those, I, I'm with you. I still don't eat a lot of them. And mostly it's just because... It has to be worth the calories, et cetera, et cetera. But mm. yep. yeah, I do enjoy a burger. It's just like, it's like, well, it's so many calories, like Scott said. And, you know, I don't feel as good when I, when I pound a bunch of cholesterol. Sure. I mean, I don't feel bad. I just don't feel as good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. It makes a difference. It's amazing. I feel way more sluggish when I eat that kind of stuff. And I don't want that on a routine basis. Yeah. But if yep. I eat a burger once a week, I'm okay with that. <laughs> but I don't even eat one that often, but it's more right. like every... Right. Well, <laughs> there were times, uh, it was about a month ago or so, I went over to my running buddy's place after... Uh, and one day, it wasn't even on a run day. It was just an afternoon. We didn't run. We each ate a pound of burgers. What's this guy's name? Yeah. Who, who's this? <laughs> Greg is my oh, running Greg. buddy. Oh, Greg, yeah, okay. Oh, look, Walden now has let me actually modify it so it's just chicken. There you go. And fish. 
I also added sustainable local fish as Man, well. Man, we hadn't even gotten this published yet, and they're already reacting to your feedback. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I have added uh, fish oil to my daily supplement. Mm. I mean, okay. I know that, well, fish oil is one of the healthy cholesterols that you're supposed to have. Yeah. And they, you know, they were constantly telling me, well, you need to get rid of these bad cholesterols and add these good cholesterols. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to change my diet significantly. So I'm just going to add these good cholesterol <laughs> and hope it makes up for it. <laughs> yeah. Just going to add in. I'm yeah. just going to well, add in. Well, that's the thing though, is if you add the right stuff in, then it will edge out the bad stuff. Yeah. You know, if you're loading up on a bowl of. Yeah. The ratio wise. Yeah. It depends. I mean, if you're loading up on a, a, a you know, five bowls of oatmeal, you're not going to have any room for, you know, a hamburger later. Well, maybe like you're still taking in the bad cholesterol if all you're doing is increasing the good cholesterol with it. Right. What I'm saying is you you stuff yourself full of so much food, you don't have room to eat the hamburger. Uh, I'm not sure that's what he's saying. I don't think that's how it works. That's what I'm, I, that is, it, it can work that way. Yes, can in your mythical <laughs> unicorn land. Yeah, it's like when my wife makes something really calorie heavy and I, I won't call it junk food because she doesn't make junk food, but it, it's like that, right? It's, it's not, it's a lot of calories and it's stuff that you wouldn't want to eat every day, every meal for sure. And then she makes a salad to go with it to make up for it. And I'm like, it, it doesn't, I, it, no, because <laughs> when my parents were on, I did the Metafast diet back in 2008 and either 2009 or 2010, I got my parents to do it and they were on it briefly. They each dropped like 50 pounds and they were doing great. And then they started to just, you know, get sloppy. And my dad was like, oh, yeah, I take the, the chili packets. You know, it's like like a, like a little packet, like the size of a packet of hot chocolate. But that was instant. Are chili. these astronaut diets or something? Something like that. <laughs> so you take that and you just like, you know, microwave it or add it with add some hot water to it. And then my dad's like, yeah, I do that. And then I open up a can of beans and add it in. And I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> I had a pound of beef. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But see, this is why Adam is absolutely correct. You can't just go to a drastic diet because this happens every time. When you try to switch back to normal, it's always a diet that you cannot sustain forever, nor should you if you want mm -hmm. to remain healthy. And mm -hmm. right. when you switch back true. to normal, most people can't switch back to normal in a healthy way. They switch back to what they were doing previously. That is most people. I am thankfully the exception to that because I did leave that diet, but I maintained a healthier lifestyle as a result. I got more active and I, you know, cut out a lot of like, you know, desserts and sugary things right. like that. Yeah. So, but I will admit that, you know, over the last few months too, especially like I'm, I've been on the, I can eat anything I want diet because I'm running. I'm a runner. Except <laughs> that doesn't work for me at all. Not even in the short term. It works for me with the exception of my cholesterol. I mean, when <laughs> so. I was a young man, I could do that all day long. I could eat whatever I wanted. I could right before bed, I could stuff my face with a cookie and a big gulp and go to sleep. I could eat, you know, I could eat anything I wanted anytime and I could out exercise it. I haven't been able to out exercise anything in a long time. Yeah, I was never able to out exercise anything I wanted to, but I've you know, lately I've been able to control it, but sometimes I've just gone nuts. So, but anyway, there you go. Let's psychoanalyze you here. What's the emotional trauma behind your burger craving? Why are you going on this burger <laughs> spree lately? Or this everything I can eat, I want, everything I see, I want. it's fun. Yeah, it's fun, but it's not like you. Like, 
What happened to you? Well, no, it's because I'm like I'm hungry, and I'm exercising a lot. Therefore, yes, I can't. That is true. That's why when you exercise, you have to track your diet and your calories. I for sure will eat way more calories than I burnt because I feel that hungry. And I keep yep. telling friends who exercise and they can't figure out why they're still gaining weight. I can tell them exactly why they're gaining weight, but they don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. They're not. They don't want to hear it. They want. Oh no, I ran. I'm fine. Like yeah. Well, on a day like tomorrow, I will probably, I will probably break even. So tomorrow I've got my, if all goes well to plan, tomorrow is my longest run ever. I will be running more than a marathon tomorrow. Awesome. More than a marathon. That's the name of the show. More than a marathon. 27, more than a marathon train wreck. Uh, so no um i have a uh i have a i have a 27 mile trail run tomorrow which is going to be interesting that sounds painful but i've noticed that my tendency to like want like i've gotten back from some of these long runs and i've not been famished you know like i used to be because i used to not really eat while i was running mm -hmm. i would go eat a small snack at around 10 miles or so and then eat something and then like oh my god eat a whole pizza <laughs> you catch a small furry animal <laughs> at 10 miles in <laughs> you laugh <laughs> you'd be surprised at the kind of things people would do <laughs> so, so what remind me again when is your actual trail run your 50k the 25th okay 25th of next all right, month because so it's just over a month away i want to be yep. i'm either gonna remain unconscious all day in honor of you or i'm going to i don't know what i'm gonna do i want to send out good vibes <laughs> what day did you say it was September 25th. I yep. will even be in town. Yep. Okay, you guys, I busted it out. Oh, oh. This one is Ex Novo. Ooh. This is called the most interesting logger in the world, and it's a Mexican-style logger. I can't remember. I thought I'd had this on this podcast before, but when I went back to look. No. Oh, I would remember that yeah. because I would remember if, if – so you don't usually drink Mexican lagers, but when you do, when I you do, prefer the most interesting logger in the I world. absolutely <laughs> prefer the most interesting logger in the world. And I wouldn't say that yeah. it lives up to its name 100%, but it is good. I'm finding that I like Ex Novo products pretty well. Ex Novo. And a funny thing was, you know, Amber Cerveza is a, we're going to give a little education piece here. here Amber Cerveza is a specific ale mm. with a specific yeast, which makes it a Cerveza. So it's got to have German ale yeast in it for it to be a Cerveza. Okay. Because when the Europeans came to Mexico, they brought their ale yeasts with them. And hence the cerveza oh, came really? to be. So my, I've got a friend and he's, he, you know, he says, why do you keep calling it a cerveza? Are you, you know, are you trying to show me your, you know, Spanish prowess? I'm like, well, no, it's a specific type of brew. And then I told him the same story. <laughs> and you're not trying to show him your Spanish prowess. You're sending, you're showing your yeah. beer prowess. Yeah, you actually, you have told that story on the Blurring the Lines podcast. I remember yeah. that. Yes, sir. I'm okay with good stories being recycled for this podcast. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So this, this one's from The Vault. and uh, Yeah, from The Vault. From the... So the problem I have now is I have a freezer that's still full of beef and pork. Oh, man. Well, you, you've got to eat it in moderation. Exactly. Well, that's the thing is I had been. So here's the thing, though. I had been eating this stuff in moderation because I used to get my Walden delivery every month. 
and then like I would go through and still have food I hadn't touched from the previous delivery. So then I moved it to like every other month. And then I got the notice, hey, we're about to send you something. I'm like, whoa, 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 time, time. And I look and I still have a significant, like several pounds of meat in the freezer. So I, you know, I've not been eating it down. How many pounds are they sending you at a time? About 10. 10 pounds of meat at a time. Yeah. What is the frequency here? Well, lately it's been every other month, but I have been pausing it. Oh my God, Peter. It's not like you're feeding a family or or your neighbors moved in with you recently (laughs) or something. So 10 pounds per month is divided by 30 is about five, six ounces a day. Yeah. Yeah. But. Right. But the thing is, I'm not eating that. (laughs) <laughs> you know right so that's the, the thing is i haven't been that's eating the thing that we established that you don't want to eat beef every day or pork or and i haven't though but the thing is i still have like a ton of this stuff in the freezer so so i have just changed it over to chicken and i added two pounds of north atlantic fish fillets as well so we will see i don't know when my next delivery is but there's a shout out to walden local walden waldenlocalmeat.com good stuff never got any bad food from it there have been some cuts that i'm like I don't know how to prepare this. I better learn. And that's okay, because I like cooking. So, uh, But they've always been you know, pretty good stuff. But my next uh, thing is like a month after the marathon. So hopefully I can survive that long and uh, you know, like eat through what I've got in the next two months. I really wish I had a device that I could put in my meat and cook on the grill. And it would tell me exactly when my meat was the temperature that I wanted it to be. Wow, you know, Adam, that that sounds like something we should. Cr- oh, son of us! Someone already did that. <laughs> Jeez, have we not I, talked about that on BTL? Oh yeah, we have. Oh okay. <laughs> I've tried to buy one, but they won't sell me one. <laughs> I have two. You have two. Yeah, I have two, and my running buddy got one as well. Yeah, I tried yep. to buy the one that you had suggested with the extended base so that I could, you know, it would still keep going. And I bought it on Amazon prime day. They took the money. Then a few days later, they said, sorry, this delivery (laughs) has been canceled. (laughs) Yep. Meter plus. Why, 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 why? Uh Because Adam's cholesterol was too high. That's why. Yeah. They, or actually maybe it was, is needs to be higher so that they would, you know, like they send it to you. Cause they're like, well, we're going to send him over the top. <laughs> over the top. <laughs> meter plus. Okay. I'm going to put this in the show notes. Meter. Uh, meter. Yeah. So Adam has the meter plus. I just have a meter. Oh, no. I never received it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he just Adam said they rejected him. Yeah. The meter plus. Adam ordered the meter plus. I ordered and received the meter. So I need to try that again because I just... I, so I do Omaha steaks and I just uh-huh. got a freezer full of steaks and burgers and hot dogs. Their hot dogs are really good. They're all beef hot dogs. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> Wait, who's this? Omaha, Omaha steak. Yeah. I've been happy with, um, with my meter. It works really well. I even used it. Like I made uh, something in the slow cooker in the crock pot and I stuck it in there and stuff. So it's, it's pretty slick. I'm pretty happy. It definitely has changed things. Scott, you could use the meter in your pizza oven. I have a, no, I have a, no, you no, I couldn't. You, you could not do that. It would, it would melt. Yeah. <laughs> so. It would melt. I have an appropriate thermometer that I can use from a distance. Yes. Yes. 
All right. So what else have we got? So we talked about cholesterol. So Peter's watching his cholesterol. All of my other stats look great, by the way. By the way. Oh, and thank you for, um, well, I was going to say thanks to Adam for this. No, I didn't. I can't thank him for this. He gave me some pointers. Uh, I guess thank the CrossFit crew. I don't know. Whoever whoever came up with the Murph exercise routine. I like that. I'm happy with that. Good. Failing like I should kind of, you know, like mix it up every now and then. But push-ups, pull-ups, and squats, I'm I'm happy. I don't do them all in one shot. Sometimes I, like today, I did, I've done three sets of my push-ups and my squats. Haven't done any pull-ups yet, so I'll do those later. But I can feel and see the difference when I do, like, when I do the pull-ups to failure. Like, my biceps are just, like, enormous after that pull-ups to <laughs> failure like, that sounds like one pull-up for me pull-ups to fail well you know what you should try well, it because here's you see, the problem no i was gonna say i don't even i can't even do push-ups anymore until i figure out what's wrong with my shoulder so i have my mm-hmm. thirty thousand mile checkup or whatever in september <laughs> and it's kind of hard to get into the doctor anyway so i'm just waiting until then and when i do i'll find out do i have a torn rotator cuff what's going on here but i can't do push-ups right now because if i do the next day I won't be able to lift my arm. Can you do a simple wall press without pain? I can do like planks and stuff that involve me holding position. But if I do too many where my shoulder is getting pushed back and forth like that, then the answer is, yeah, I can probably do those without as much pain. But if I do them every yep. day, I will have pain. Right. I can't do, and I also, I have a big rotation issue. Like when I'm doing a runner's lunge, you know, doing a twist, simple twist, yep. arm up in the air. Yep. I can't yep. do that normally. I have to rotate my arm inwards. That sounds like rotator cuff issues. Yeah, so can rotator cuff hurt that. down here? Because this is where... Oh, yeah, it can extend. That's where I have the most totally pain. Extend, that's yeah. where it hurts. So I think yeah. I have a rotator cuff issue that I need to take care of before I can do that kind of stuff. Are you sure it's not TMB? What's a TMB? Too many birthdays. Well, there is that, but my other arm functions normally. <laughs> no, I did something. It's just I, I didn't feel it. Yeah. It wasn't like an event where I was like, oh, something happened. It mm. just gradually happened and then one day i was super sore and i couldn't lift my arm above this high and it was really bad and then it went more back to now i'm just sore to where i can't rotate in certain positions and like if i am going to work and i'm lifting my backpack across the passenger seat to throw it on the floor i can't do it with the right arm i have to do it with the left arm or it just kills i've always had shoulders that were prone to injury they're very very weak yeah a lot of people do you ever done any physical therapy on it not yet. I hope that my doctor will get me into physical therapy for it when I... That's usually where they want to start. Yeah. You know, unless they're a surgeon and they just like cutting things. Yeah. Don't ask a surgeon. You need surgery. No, I'm going to a, <laughs> I'm going to a GP first and hopefully he'll just recommend <laughs> yeah. some physical therapy and I'll do it. I'm definitely going to do it because it's not getting better by refraining from doing the things that cause it the most pain. So clearly it needs more than just that. <sighs> the getting old podcast the getting old podcast otherwise that sounds like a great workout routine yep it's fun i'm i'm enjoying it it's the gateway drug to get peter into crossfit so you know it's we get him to join the cult he's like well they're really nice people honestly and <laughs> i mean and it's it's not that bad and uh you know i'm, I'm <laughs> getting stronger bad. It's not he's, that bad. It's not that bad he's not he's not kidding though he's not kidding because the gateway drug it starts with a mile run you know, you're supposed to run a mile, come in, do your push-ups, pull-ups, squats, and then you run another mile. I'm like, well, it, which was really funny because yesterday, Adam, I did go out just for a two-mile recovery run. 
So yesterday I actually did all of the Murph stuff, not in sequence, not exactly row, but you know, I did 200 pushups, 300 squats, a hundred pull-ups and ran two miles. You did a staggered so. Murph. <laughs> yeah. That was my day off yesterday. And uh, so <laughs> today it's the same thing minus the run, I guess. Maybe I'll do a half Murph, half modified mediocre Murph. You know, I'm actually wondering, maybe I could do uh, reverse pull-ups. Maybe I could do that's it with a I reverse do. grip. That probably wouldn't that's hurt my shoulder at all. Nope, that's one of the modifications I'm doing. And it's all biceps and core when you do that. Yep. Yep, that's how I've been doing it. Hmm. So. There you go. It's too bad because I do need to do some shoulder work. I've told my daughter and wife, look, if your lives ever depend upon me saving you with with upper body strength right now, you might as well just die because. Yeah. Don't look at me with hope in your eyes because. Just despair. Because <laughs> <You're... laughs> right now this right arm can't lift a paper bag, let alone you. <laughs> oh, man. So speaking of getting old, this week is our first week of empty nesting. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So my, my youngest just left for college. My oldest is still in college and uh, we're in our honeymoon phase of, of emptiness. Well, I was going to ask you it's your second honeymoon. Is it that, or is your wife looking at you from across the room with this apprehensive look on her face? Like, Oh my God. And now I'm alone with this guy. Yeah. I married this guy. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> we had kids so we wouldn't have to talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's you know there, there's plenty of marriages like that uh, sadly yeah. enough there are sadly enough there are that's awesome how do you feel though like are you does it feel weird have you gotten used to it yet uh no i'm not used to it yet um i mean it is weird you know things are quieter you know because uh so my youngest daughter is i mean my oldest daughter and i have a relationship of crossfit and working out and things like that and so like i miss my oldest daughter when i go to the gym in the morning and then when i do projects my my youngest daughter's my architect and so she's the one who helps me with projects and help me figure things out and and, and i miss her like like hey oh she's not here yeah. um i need some help oh she's not here you know that is really <laughs> so, cool though that's awesome it has been fun to you know i mean i'm always their dad I always will be their dad. And, you know, I'm, we've never tried to be their friends, you know, or were their parents. Right. Uh, but it has been cool to do, you know, things that are like, it's kind of, it's like having another friend. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, this is really enjoyable to have this person around to Absolutely. participate in things with me. Yeah. The young age is great when they're cute and little. That is so much fun. But when they become people that you can talk to as adults, and you can have those kind of conversations with them. And you can say, look, I'm a grown person, but that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, like I'm big on teaching my daughter to come up with her own views, but come up with them honestly. If you come up with your own views, honestly, mm -hmm. I don't care if you disagree with me, but you have to have come by them honestly. Don't rebel. Don't just have a view yeah. because other people do, et cetera, et cetera. But being able to have adult conversations, I would not trade that for anything. I... Sometimes I do miss the young, cute ears and all that, but this is so much more satisfying. How old are your kids? I just have one daughter, and she's 15 right now. 15, yeah. Yeah, my my youngest, she does she fishes with me, and, you know, those are... And I don't like to listen to music out on the boat. So, like, if we go, if we charter a boat, or if we just go out on our own, we just go out. 
there's no music. There's, I mean, we may end up singing right. or carrying on or conversation, but it's just enjoyable time with, with her. You're so, my kind of guy. I don't like people who just have to listen to their stupid music everywhere. <laughs> it drives me nuts. It's like, kid, do, are you afraid yeah. of listening to something that's in your head? What's going on here? I'm well, afraid of the silence. Well, especially you're going fishing. You're going yes. out into nature. Yes. It, I'm, uh, it's quiet. It's quiet. That's why I'm here. You know, and the captain was like, so what kind of music do you want to listen to? He didn't ask like, did I want to right, listen to music? Right. What kind of yeah. music do you want to listen to? I said, I would really rather listen to the silence. And he's like, really? <laughs> really? So my question is, is the captain, does the does he himself think that's weird? Or does he think it weird that he finally found somebody that is like that? I think it's both. Because <laughs> every time we, or we'd get ready to start up and take off and he like flipped the radio and they're like, oh, flip it back off. <laughs> well, in his defense, I can imagine that if you were doing, if you were just taking people out to fish all day long. And that's all you were doing. You might get bored unless he's also fishing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he's just guiding. Huh. Yeah, he maybe yeah. maybe he just gets bored, and that's his way of dealing with it. But even so, no, I'm I'm with you. I don't see the point of going out into nature and then cranking up the music. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Peter. Put away your phone. Yeah. Hey, I listen to my headphones when I'm running just to keep the cadence. When you're exercising, you have to. In fact, it's so much of a difference for me listening to certain kinds of music versus even podcasts, I will find my effort level increases dramatically. I have to, yep. I do that so that I will make myself work out to a proper amount. Yep. Totally different. Yeah. If, if I listen to podcasts and stuff, I slow down I start listening to what they're saying, start thinking about what they're saying. I don't pay attention to all the important yeah, exactly. things. Exactly. Next thing I know, I've done the entire run in zone one or whatever. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Speaking of that, how are you liking the Apple Watch OS beta? Now that we have Adam on this episode uh -huh. and he no longer has an Apple Watch. Yeah, that's fine. No, I like the I do like being able to look at the zones. It's useful information and and actually having that information has like when I'm on the stationary bike for example, I've done I do Apple Plus workouts. When I do those, I have no problems always keeping my heart rate super high. But when I'm just sitting on it and I'm not doing a a workout and I'm watching something on Apple TV or I'm or I'm watching a YouTube video of some programming thing some something I want to learn I will be mm -hmm. in zone 1 and having that information yeah. available to me makes me aware of that and so now I'm able to do better on the workouts where I'm not doing a guided workout for example and even running is in interesting because yeah I can more easily see what my exertion level what zone my uh, a specified exertion level puts me in. And so I know how fast I have to run to get a certain mm -hmm. exertion level. And that's very useful information. When I'm out on my long runs, my concern usually is to make sure that I'm not working too mm -hmm. hard. Mm -hmm. You know, when I'm trying to keep myself down in like zone two for most of my runs. But I'm curious. I, I just, I have not had or taken the time to, you know, set up for my developer account so that I could play with the beta. No, and normally um, so, I wouldn't advocate putting a beta on your watch because you're yeah. like me. That watch is your exercise device. You want it to be there 100% reliable. But It's my carry watch. Yeah, but I had enough people <laughs> tell me that this watch beta was stable enough that I tried it. 
and the reason why the thing that pushed me over it wasn't actually the workout stuff although that that's the biggest benefit the thing that carried me over was that pushed me into it was i had put the beta on the phone and all my home kit stuff kept working but then all of a sudden at some point not even at a new beta version upgrade just at some point it kept telling me okay if you want to do the home stuff on your watch you need to upgrade your watch version i was like oh i don't i didn't change anything so then i did it but it's been fine yep but yeah, normally I wouldn't advocate it, but I think you I think you will really like it. Yeah. I'm a little hesitant to I mean, now if I put the beta on, I could always undo the beta, right? Uh, on back. the watch? Not yeah. so easy. Really? Yeah. Okay. Don't do it on the watch, just wait. But when it comes out, you yeah. will really like it. What what's the release? Is that October we're looking at? I or? don't know. September, October. I don't know. But that's the thing too, is like I also don't want to install it on say like september 22nd just wait (laughs) you know right before my right before my race just wait because you're already tracking your zone your heart rate and your zones anyway just just wait it'll be a more integrated nicer experience for you once it comes but you're fine for now i wouldn't feel the fomo yep Yep. i'm i'm good i'm gonna have to do something i've i've got to track my i don't know why i have to but i it really helps me to quantify and I'm either going to have to go with the Garmin or I'm going to have to go back to an Apple watch with cellular in it. Yeah. And yeah. I'm going to keep wearing my watch watch back to the Apple watch. What? <laughs> no, Cause the, here's what I want. I want to look at my arm and I want to see the time and date and see the seconds Let's every see. time. And, and of course, as soon as I do that, it, I have mine set so that the last app that was loaded stays on. So I cannot do that. Yeah. I look at that and I see I see carrot weather which says stupid clouds. I have solar powered bitcoin miners to charge. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's things like that that the Apple Watch is like it's a computer that tells the time. If I want a wearable computer, fine. It can't be my watch. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying you could conceivably maybe think about going back to it just for your exercise. Going back to it for my exercise under the premise that I have a watch and I have a wearable device on this arm and live with it that way. If I was going to get something just for exercise, I would probably go back to a Fitbit if I were you. I haven't used a Fitbit recently, but hmm, I don't know. I liked my three. I childishly threw my four in a river. Tech Rage? (laughs) Tech Rage. Yeah, I've been there. (laughs) I smashed a heart rate monitor on my garage floor and then I was stunned to find out that when you smash batteries they catch on fire <laughs> luckily i was in a concrete really cr- concrete floor garage so <laughs> that's huh so <laughs> yeah that's so i was so funny. mad i just didn't even care and i just started smashing it with my foot and then i was like oh that was stupid hey, i got a question for you guys have you seen the spam or scams that are going around from hacked mostly yahoo accounts negative that say something in the subject line like peter yo or peter greetings and you open up the message body and it's like peter and then it has a google search result for your email address and the sender's name i have not no i've not seen that I've seen a number of these now. I don't understand it. I've gotten lots of these. And it's, you know, it's always first, you know, like subject line. It's, you know, like my name, greetings, my name, hi, my name, yo. 
the Peter, my first name, a couple of new lines, HTTPS www.google.com slash search question mark Q equals and then my email address, a couple more new lines, and then the person's name. Business or personal? Well, one of them actually came, here's the thing, they come from not the sender. They're actually coming from spoofed email addresses or a third person's email address, which is bizarre. So it's like one, I got one from a friend, you know, an old Aikido friend from like 20 years ago, and it's not from his yahoo.com address. It came from something else. It's just bizarre, but I just don't understand. I'm trying to see like, what's, what's the game here? What's going on? You know, I don't, I don't get it. What kind of email address are those going to? Are those going to a Google account or what are they going to? Gmail? What? They're going to my branded Nicolaitis.com address. No, I know, but what is that hosted on? Is that a Gmail thing? No, now it's a Fastmail thing. Okay. It used to be Gmail, though. It was happening on Gmail, too. Oh, you sw- you're you like me. You sw- switched all your Gmail over to Fastmail. Well, Nicolaitis.com was never Gmail, but so I actually don't remember now if it was... Hmm. I think it was just going to my Nicolaitis.com, but I don't recall. It's possible it was addressed to a, a Gmail as well. I don't know, Peter. I can't tell you. I haven't gotten any emails that start with Peter. I can tell you that. Well, I figured you wouldn't. Well, that's what you asked. You said, Peter, yo, Peter, yo. (laughs) Scott, sometimes. Sometimes? Only sometimes. Oh, my God. That's an upgrade. (laughs) I feel proud. I'm making progress. Hey, so I went to a training conference two days ago. My first training in like three years in person. Oh, we're talking technical training here, not physical training. No. Well, yes, but managerial yeah and it was really good it was really really good so now you know better than to harass your underlings no i know now i know how to harass my underlings and get away with it and not get caught and get away with it okay perfect Uh beautiful yeah it was it was a conference put on by the manager tools crew that's there at manager-tools.com and it was great some managers are tools i will tell you that i've been lucky but some managers are tools yeah I know. I work with a bunch. Trust me. I work with a bunch. But no, it was really, really good. It was all about how to um, recognize people's communications patterns and tailor your communications back to them. I have a guy. He's the boss. What is he now? Is he the boss of my boss's boss? I think so. Anyway, he used to be my boss for a short time. And before that, he was just an engineer, uh, individual contributor, they call him. He was, I've always gotten along with him. He's great, but he is definitely one of those people who does not, he's better now. Originally, he did not at all have any concept of tailoring his approach to how people are going to receive the information. And he Mm -hmm. pissed off so many people because they thought he was yelling at them when he was yelling about the problem and not yelling mad. He just gets excited, you know. And he uh-huh. does get way too intense. There's no misunderstanding why people take it personally. Yep. They shouldn't, but there's no misunderstanding why they would. And he doesn't yeah. understand that some people that aren't like him, that is a very counterproductive approach. And he just had a problem of people who aren't like me, I can't relate to, and I can't give an approach that doesn't work for people like me. Very mm-hmm. one approach type of guy, and it, it's not effective. So I received... An email. There's, there is an individual at the hospital that I, you know, spend most of my working hours for, who is universally regarded as abrasive, combative, 
hostile and it's not just his communications right it's his, his whole attitude but i received an email from him about a server that the privacy team wanted decommissioned but preserved until the legal team got back to them to tell them how long this data needs to be held right so like it has some data on it we need to hold it for x years of data retention for some reason years ago ownership of this server was attributed to the guy i report to who was the former head of the security team for this hospital so it's not our server it's the privacy team server and they're waiting on the legal team to take action now the operations teams is email they're emailing us saying we this this server's out of space you got to do something this thing's out of disk space it's 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 got old software we need to patch it what are you going to do and i'm like well it's not our teams but let me look into it and see what i can find i will talk with oh by the way if you wanted to talk directly to the owner this is this person go talk to them of course they don't do that they just email us again with the same thing so i get involved i'm like all right so um, I explained to them, here's the problem. What's going on? They're like, oh, yeah, we'd love to shut it off. But, you know, we need it for retention purposes for legal until legal. And they haven't gotten back to me. I'm like, OK, great. Well, please expedite this with legal if you can. I will reach back out to the operations team and explain to them we need to hold this machine until legal determines it's not needed anymore. There have been three separate email threads going on in this. So this one guy yesterday the head of this ops team who is hostile and caustic and belligerent emails and says, Peter, keeping this server around indefinitely is not a sustainable approach. You know, this machine, blah, blah, blah. We need to know how to, blah, blah. What do you propose we do, blah, blah. And I said, I replied, first name. Because that's how you, I don't say dear, you know, hello, good morning, anything like that. Just reply, echo him, first name. I do not own this server. Period. My team does not own this server. Period. This person CC'd on this email owns this server. Period. She has informed me she is waiting for legal to determine how long we need to hold onto this server. Period. If you need a faster response, I suggest you take it up with them. Period. Best, comma, Peter. I have a question for you. When you're communicating yeah. at work, I don't actually know your work history, Adam, so I don't know if you've worked in a company before we had tons of people no he's a he, he's a hobo okay so you've always <laughs> been indie no no oh, okay. i've been in big corporations <laughs> okay. i've been in small okay yeah. so when you guys communicate with others do you feel the need like we have teams messaging and all that stuff now some people if you shoot them a quick message they always have to respond with hi scott and then a reply I personally don't need that. I will not be offended in any way whatsoever if they just admit all that and let's just talk about the thing. That doesn't mean I don't like them. I like the people I work with. Do you know what I mean? Like, what's your mm -hmm. approach to that kind of thing? So my cold approach is if I needed to communicate with you and it was the first time we'd communicated to each other in a while, there would be a slight salutation. Hey, Scott. How's, you know, hope you're doing well. That's the, that's the extent of my salutation. Hope you're doing well. I've got a problem. Will you please help me with this? This is what I need. Thanks, Adam. Yeah. And then if you reply back to me, 
there's no more salutation. There's no more anything. You say, hey, I'm going to talk to my other dude and dude's going to get back with me. Great. Thanks. I mean, that's. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And the reason and I'll embellish on that for a quick second. The reason is because we've started the conversation now. And so that's me like saying, hello, Scott. We are now discussing Adam's preferences for communication. Mm -hmm. Hello, Adam. Let us have a podcast today. Hello, Scott. So Adam has told you now how he would normally communicate something. Hello, Adam. Right. Once the conversation has started, I don't need salutations, right, but right, I right. appreciate them up front. Yeah. In the initial. Yeah. If it's somebody like I very rarely have to interact with people that I don't know pretty well. Most of the people that I know I've known for years and or I interact with on a daily basis, multiple times per day. So yeah. For both of those categories, I don't do any salutations at all. And they don't do them to me. There are a couple people that do. And for them, I okay, I understand that they don't necessarily want it to be that abrupt. That's fine. But a lot of the other people seem totally fine with it. Like there's one guy who I don't contact more than once a month at most on average. Probably is more than that in any given month, but then it's less than that during most months. And all I say is I say his name, comma, and then what it is that I'm asking him. And he just replies in kind. He doesn't care. But that's how I treat it is like, for sure, if it's somebody that I don't know well or haven't interacted with a lot or it's been a long, 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 long time. But if it's somebody I know super well, I just skip all that. Like my boss just skips all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I skip all that stuff. When I'm talking to my team, the only thing that I will do is make sure that I address who I'm addressing if there are multiple recipients. For sure. So like if I was sending it to an email to you and Peter and both of you are in the two, mm -hmm. I'm going to say yes, Peter. Yes, 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 yes. If it's associated with him, but there'll be no, no salutation, especially if we've been, we're on a regular basis, no salutation. Yeah, no, that's just good communication clarity. Letting them know who you're talking to and then what you're talking to them about. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting though, in teams, a lot of people will start their, if they haven't, every now and then they'll, they'll just send a thing that says, I am. And it's just a way of saying, Hey, I want to send you a message. Are you around? And I don't do that. I just message them directly. It kind of bugs me when they send me an I am thing. It's like, just send me an I am. If it shows me as, as online, just send me the question. I don't, I, I'm missing something. I don't understand. Say that again. So if somebody just out of the blue wants to IM me, but it's like my boss or something, he'll sometimes he'll say, I am. And then I say, yep. And then he sends me whatever it was he wanted to message me about. So I would Has never it? do that. I would do that for a phone call. I'm like, yes. Can, are you available for a call? Absolutely. Yes. You have, yeah, yeah you got to do that because. So wait, he emails you to say no, 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 he's no. about to IM No, you? it's on the messenger. It's on Teams messenger. A lot of people do this. So it's not just IMing him. You. A lot of people do this. This is, yeah, he's IMing me, but he says I am. I think it's just to make sure that I'm at the computer and I'm going to respond if he sends me a message before he types out the whole thing. Okay. I might say you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Question yeah. mark. Yeah. yeah it's, okay. It's equivalent I, I'll do to that. that. It's a two-letter equivalent yeah. to that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I am sounds a little weird as a way to do that to well, me. Well, it, okay, sure. it just means can I send you a message? Yeah, I Get it's it. two letters. Yeah, I I understand. Mm -hmm. I don't appreciate. Okay, so I would I would it's not... like doing CQ in the ham radio. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. But when I see somebody else's online, I just send them the message that I want to send them. 
Yeah. I'm the same way. Unless it's a, di if it's a dissertation, I send an email. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So I've got a, you know, a segue. New beer. Nice. Oh, it says rose on it, does, but it doesn't say rose hips. Yeah. So it is the Black Abbey Brewing Company in Nashville, Tennessee. Created, not made. And it is the Rose <laughs> Belgian style made. blonde ale. I like that. That's very apt coming from an Abbey. Created, <laughs> not made. Yeah. Created, not read. Yeah. And it's, uh, like I said, it's another Nashville brew. This is uh, this is my wife's go-to beer. Mm -hmm. So we had some of these at the farm. So I brought the Walk the Lime and this one was down here because I didn't want to drink a Yingling on Friends with Beer because I thought Friends with Beer deserved more than that. That's a Yingling. A Yangling? It's America's oldest brewery. Is it really? Out of Pennsylvania. Wow. I've never heard of this. This is an East Coast thing. This is a regional difference, you guys. Well, then maybe I will. After I finish the Black Abbey, I may go down and get a Yangling for Scott's benefit. There you go. <laughs> now, huh. Yangling is, so you have Budweiser. Uh -huh. And, you know, it's like the step between Budweiser and full-blown microbrewery. It's like, oh, it's better than a bud, but it's not quite, <laughs> it's not quite Black Abbey. Not much better. But better than a bud. <laughs> you just described toilet water. <laughs> okay, I see it. Y-U-E-N-G-L-I-N-G. It is a decent beer. Uh, that's what I keep in my refrigerator down here at the farm. I, You can, if you're really thirsty and hot, it goes down fast, but it also goes well with steak and food and pizza and See, I consider that to be, and you can tell me where, how they compare maybe, but like sometimes Blue Moon is like that for me. It's definitely yeah. not the best, but it tastes good. It's way better than a Budweiser and it goes with something. It's exactly equivalent. I mean. Fair enough. Okay. I have a question for you guys before. Oh, first of all, Peter, we have to talk about. Rest. No, we have to talk about a website that I don't even know if you've looked at yet. What website? A website that we made. Remember, we promised the listeners a surprise. I've looked at that website. Yes. Did you know that people are not thumb drives? <laughs> I did know that, although some people act like thumb drives from time to time. So what I'm talking about is <laughs> I created a website called SyracuseSays.com. S-I-R-A-C-U-S-A-S-A-Y-S.com. And these are some clips... That I have just started this, by the way. So there's only like five or six of them right now. Five right now. But these are sayings of John Syracuse from clips of audio from different podcasts that he's on. And anybody who knows who John Syracuse is, anybody who listens to ATP or used to listen to uh, Hypercritical or listens to Reconcilable Differences will know what I'm talking about, but he's a lot of fun. So we decided to create a website. We're constantly sharing clips with each other, audio clips with each other, using the Overcast clip export of things that Syracuse has said. So we decided to make it official and make a website out of it. Isn't it more important to tell people who don't know who he is, who he is? No, I think they should go to the website and click on the John link. Go to SyracuseSays.com and click on the link that says John. And it will say. How do you spell Syracuse? Google told me. I just told you. S-I-R-A-C-U-S-A. People are not thumb drives. People are not thumb drives. 
<laughs> so yeah, he's 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 one of the hosts of the Accidental Tech Podcast. That's how I know him uh, mostly, and he's he's brilliant. He's hilarious. He's great. He has a lot of decorative uh, home entertainment consoles. <laughs> he just went through a spiel on ATP about calibrating his TV. First, he went through the, I think he went through the visual calibration, and then he went through the audio calibration. And the other guys are like, oh, my God, this sounds horrible. And he's like, I know, I wish they made this easy. And they go, no, no, we're talking about the fact that you're doing this to begin with. It's just hilarious. <laughs> it's it's good stuff. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it is hilarious. It's, it's every episode, you know, there, there, he'll go on. Well, the, the best ones are when he goes out on a rant. Those are, you know, the guys when he's just going on, like on and on and on and on and on. So, you know, like, you know, that little thing where you're looking at the user interface. Yeah. Okay. Open this little thing. Now click the little settings icon, right? Okay. Now you now you look up, not in the settings icon, but you look over about three inches to the left. You see that little carrot pointing to the right? Yeah. Click that. How am I supposed to know that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's talking about how you would tell a family member, this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's good stuff like that, but he's clearly... So he worked in some company in Boston as a web developer for a long, long time. He calls it 20 mumble years. <laughs> 20 mumble. But he's clearly one of those people that's smart enough. Like, I feel like he could have done anything. He definitely didn't have to settle for a life as a web programmer. But I'm kind of glad that he did because it gave him time to podcast and do all that other stuff. Yeah. And now he's, you know, now he's solo. Yeah, now he's making a yeah. living from ATP. Excellent. Makes me need to like buy some ATP swag or something. I've never actually contributed to them. And I don't even think I've ever used their sponsor. I don't know if you can see this or not. (laughs) Can you see this? Yeah. ATP. Yeah, ATP. ATP mode. Yeah. Well you're all in on the swag. You you do all that. I do the swag, yeah, occasionally. So do you guys have Netflix? Yes. Kind of. Kind of. Oh yeah. Yeah, you. Ha- <laughs> I better not bring it up. I don't know if that's some knowledge you want to share. <laughs> oh, I have I have an ex girlfriend's Netflix credit account still in my Amazon Fire TV Cube, and I've never deleted it. Never deleted it. And she hasn't changed her password in like three years. Who, who is this person? So I can educate her on how to change her passwords. I there's no point in me telling, and I have no there's idea. No where point. She is right no, there's now. a point. You're just trying to avoid the point. Okay, go ahead, go on. Well, the point would be I would have to pay for Netflix. So I've got Netflix, and and there are four members in my family. So I have my iPad. I have it in my Apple TV. I have it in my Fire Stick TV. My daughters all have it on their iPads. My wife doesn't watch it anywhere other than on TV if she watches it anywhere. So my oldest daughter's in college and they, she's in a sorority house. And she said, I need to know the Netflix password so I can connect it to the Apple TV in my room. I said, no, <laughs> you don't need it on your TV. You, you still have your iPad, right? Well, yeah, but I would like to watch it on the TV. Is it your Amazon Fire Stick? Well, no. Then, no, you can't have my no. password. <laughs> For sure. Good job. For Br- sure. Bringing them girls up right. Good job. <laughs> For sure. No. No. Yeah. And then she called my wife and she said, well, Daddy Ritt, he, because she asked me for the, the password and I just didn't respond via text. She said, well, Daddy read my text. But he didn't give me an answer. <laughs> I'm like, no, I was, I mean, I can't really, but it's not her fire stick. 
No. And I, no, no, you know, no. and I don't want that notification when I want to watch something on Netflix and all of a sudden it says maximum number of 4k users, you're out. You're not one of them. Like, then I've got to change the password. And then now I've got the hassle of, okay, well, if I want to change my password, then I've got to turn around and give it to everybody again. No, you're out. <laughs> yep. And not only that, but but you're the account controller. So no matter how well-intentioned your daughter is, even if the person that she's sharing it with for their fire stick is well-intentioned, you don't know where that password's going to wind up. You don't know who's going to be logging into your account. You can't, you just cannot do that. Yeah. The problem is that she is not paying for her own Netflix. Yeah. That is a well, problem. After, you know, after she finishes her senior year of college and, you know, because the, the iPad I purchased, you know, all of these things I purchased and I kind of have some ownership on them. Uh, she's going to have to get her own cell phone, her own Netflix account. <laughs> all those things are going to be hers and then she can do what she wants to do. But she can share them with anybody. <laughs> I was like, I can't. I mean, other than the great inconvenience. Nah, I just don't want to. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good reason there are good reasons to just not want i to don't want to yes. i don't like do not want mom dad's being a jerk yep and he's he's totally justified yeah <laughs> one thing i wanted to ask you network experts about is have you ever heard of tail scale t-a-i-l-s-c-a-l-e not ringing any bells it basically is like a vpn except not exactly I've heard of the Tails Linux distro. No, no, no. This is a service. Tailscale zero config. And it lets you log various devices into it. And any device that's logged into it, you can get to from anywhere else. But it also, I think, is more than just that. I think it also functions as a VPN. I'm not 100% sure. I just found out about it today. That's why I was going to... And it's free for use on up to 20 devices. For personal use. That's why I was going to ask you guys about that. Because right now I'm using OpenVPN on my router. And then I can VPN into my home network. Yeah, this is slick. Uh, this is the same thing. There was a service out there before. And it got bought out by a big company. You Hamachi. The, Hamachi, that was it. Got bought by LogMeIn. Yeah. Oh, yeah, LogMeIn. Yep, it's made yourself a peer-to-peer -peer VPN in the 5.0.0.0 address space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I like this. I like the idea of this. I like the idea, too. What I was wondering about was if you guys had any knowledge of it so that... Because, obviously, this could be wonderful or it could be a security nightmare. <laughs> I don't have any knowledge of okay. it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, never. No, no clue. Well, we have, uh, yeah, so we've got some, I've got a, I've got a, a bank client and they have a Sangama Digium phone system, which you can tell me how awful that is. I already know. I've already told them, but in order for them to get their mobile app to work, you have to open ports in the firewall to the Sangama and now hackers can attempt to try to get into your phone system all the time nice. unless you limit then finally finally and the hackers trying to get into it you're like oh so what they don't have a username and password if they flood your pbx trying to get in then 
you've got problems. So then we had to cut it off altogether. Well, a solution like this, where you run an app on your phone or a VPN connection would fix that. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, definitely VPN your services, man. Just don't put that out over the freaking total exposed to the internet. Yeesh. Unfortunately, the crappy Sangama system, it totally tanks over the VPN. Uh-huh. Which is why I'm recommending Ring Central. <laughs> you know, I think that's a that's a valid reason. <laughs> oh man. So guys, I don't know about you. I'm feeling that one beer that I had. And you've got twenty pounds of pork and beef that you have to go eat. I feel like I need I feel like I need a ma- a nap. <laughs> you need a map Wait and a nap. That pork chop. <laughs> I need a map to find the place where I'm gonna go nap. <laughs> I've got work to do tonight. I've got uh I've gotta take a lawnmower off the back of my trailer. I've got to get fabric out there. Scott, do you know I am building a lavender farm? I didn't know that until but I've absorbed it through uh yeah, blurring the lines. Yeah. I'm building a lavender farm and I've never owned a farm. I mean, I, I lived in agriculture. I grew up in agricultural Ohio. So, I mean, we grew vegetables and I lived next to a corn farm and, and cows. So I, I'm not unexposed to agriculture. Not like a New York city boy. It was like, where did chickens come from? You know, <laughs> <laughs> They come from a coop. <laughs> they, they come from a coop. Yeah, they come, they come from the Kroger. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> So I'm, I'm not unfamiliar <laughs> with agricultural living, but I've never grown lavender. And so it's been an experiment and process. And, you know, and I got inspired in the West Coast when we did our Washington down to San Francisco tour, we stopped at a lavender farm hmm. and I was like, I can do this. You know, I mean, we, we didn't, we looked at it like, this is kind of cool. And then we looked at our property in Tennessee and, you know, lavender originated in the Mediterranean. So poor soil, poor nutrients, well-drained, full sunlight. That's what, that's all that lavender needs. Well, I, I live in an ancient river bottom in the Tennessee river Valley. So I've got sandy, rocky soil, full, all I need is full sun, sunlight and poor nutrients and make sure that the roots don't stay wet and I can grow lavender. Well, we learned a lot of lessons. I planted a hundred lavender last year. I planted a thousand this year. And unfortunately, I lost 373 out of that thousand. And I didn't completely lose them. Some of them, some of them I completely lost. Some of them failed to thrive. And so I'm going to just rip them out and replace them with brand new plants. But I primarily lost the weed battle. Uh, not the spoking weed, but the weeds <laughs> in the ground. Not the kind Peter drinks. Uh, <laughs> Not the kind that Peter drinks, the, the, the weeds, the, the other plants that you don't want growing. We had a busy spring with, with high school graduations and everything, and the weeds got away from me and they choked my lavender because hmm. uh, we thought we wanted to have grass in between the rows of lavender. So, but that grass, I have ground fabric down the grass in the middle sent runners underneath all of my ground cover and choked out my lavender. So now I am putting down ground cover and poison to kill all that other grass so that I will have a, the whole ground is going to be paved with fabric, but 
I'll have lavender that will survive, which is the important part. <laughs> what are you doing with the lavender? Who are you selling it to? Well, so our target is to sell products based on the lavender oils. Oh, okay. So what I will do is I'll grow the plants, I'll extract the oil with a, um, a still, and then take the oils that I get and make them into lotions, soaps, candles, fragrance, you know, any, anything that you can imagine that would have a, a lavender scent. That's what we're going to put. Uh, we're not focused on food. We're focused primarily on smell, but it could be used for food. Yeah, I figured it was probably for, I, I say cosmetic, but what you just described, but some of the, oh man, that sounds very involved. Making soaps, making stuff like that. That sounds like a real process. Uh, it can be, you know, and it, it can be labor intensive until you start nailing down how you're going to automate the process. Because like, I'm not going right now, I'm not going to make my own lotion. Yeah. I'm going to buy unscented lotions and then add oils Interesting. So like white label stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There are a lot of manufacturers out there that you can just buy unscented lotion and you could put whatever, you know, in my case, lavender, but let's say you were a mango farmer, you know, you could put your mango flavoring pineapple in it. Hmm. Uh, so it's really kind of cool. I didn't know that there were industries out there like that, that provide the methods for you to be able to do your thing. <laughs> Interesting. That's pretty cool. For, I just kind of assumed that you were going to grow the lavender and you were going to sell it to the people who are going to make those products. Okay. Well, that is wholesaling is the, you have to do such a volume to make money at that because you're, you're losing the biggest cut that essential oils. That is from what I've read, you can get a thousand times volume on that Ooh. of selling that. That makes sense. <laughs> So you are going to have a place here on the farm where people can come buy this stuff and then sell online, or is it just going to be online or what? It's going to be a combination. So the people, we're going to have it where we could have events where people can come by and take pictures for weddings and oh. wedding pictures and seniors. And then uh, we're going to have some music events out here. And then we are probably going to have some cut your own stuff and then we'll do some farmer's markets, but all of those things are marketing. That's all just, you don't, you're not going to make your money on that. You're going to make your money on selling product on our own e-commerce website, as well as uh, maybe wholesaling to retailers. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to soap, I can see lotions where you could mix the lavender in, but the soap, I assume you'll have to make. Yeah, we'll probably have to make yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, I will be a customer of yours. I will try this stuff out. <laughs> yeah i'll probably give you some just for the yeah, give it a try scott will buy it he buys everything give peter some soap chips in a beer can and watch him drink it <laughs> gross <laughs> <sighs> on that note this I think has got a lot of head <laughs> <laughs> i think that's a great time to wrap up this podcast <laughs> peter really wants his nap Oh, man. No, that sounds amazing, Adam. Huge, huge kudos to you guys for, for doing this. Nice. It's going to be our uh, uh, our next obsession after computers. <laughs> cool. So, hey, Scott, if people want to find us, how can they? Well, there is a friendswithbeer.com 
domain, which has a website associated with it. And if you go there, you can find information about us. You can listen to episodes. You can find information on how to subscribe. There's also a Twitter account. And I really desperately need somebody to tweet at it. It's Friends what Beer Pod. It's Friends W Beer Pod. And it never fails to make Peter cry with laughter or just cry. Uh, I laugh. I definitely laugh. You don't even link the Twitter. Oh, there it is. At the bottom of the contact us. I know, but do you see the inverted pyramid? What? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a funnel. Yeah. I see a funnel. Yes, a funnel for beer, my friend. Yep, got it. A beer funnel. I like it. Hey, we're up to 18 followers. Are we? Well, I think they're yeah. all me. Let's see. Let me look here. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're my multiple uh... personalities. I'm looking. Where's the Twitter? It's at the bottom the page the contact us contact us it's on the subscribe page and it's way down at the bottom i i made an inverted funnel for some reason don't ask me why i mean a normal funnel an inverted pyramid i don't know why once i was making it it cracked me up yeah yeah yeah. it's tiny (laughs) the joke is supposed to be that i don't really want people contacting us and giving us feedback but i actually do (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the other joke is once people have been drinking beer like peter they will never find this huh why what what i don't get it i show 17 followers do you show 18 i show 18 we just lost one <laughs> not ready to be 19 because now i'm gonna follow nice nice <laughs> we're growing our user base all we have to do is have them on the podcast <laughs> one at a time we can have people on the podcast and they will follow us well, we got one listener this week. Okay, good. That's good. <laughs> At this rate. <laughs> no, this is a lot of fun. I, I I appreciate both of you. I appreciate you coming on today as well, Adam. That was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I appreciate podcasting with beer. Peter doesn't want to podcast with us. He just wants to podcast alone with beer. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, Peter's gone. Cool. <laughs> I don't know what's happening over I, there. I am tired, dude. I am yawning. I am, I'm just barely standing up. I'm glad I have a... A desk to lean on here. <laughs> Since you guys are outnumbering me, the uh, blurring the lines people are outnumbering me here, you guys can talk about your big red button. <laughs> well, yeah, normally this is where we would push the big red button, and that's where we stop recording. So so what the way it works is somebody says it's time to push the big red button. Big red button.